<laughs> I'm seeing Lost Highway. Oh shit! Where is it showing? They're showing it at Can Can. There's a there's a 4K restoration. Fuck, that's right. I saw that. Are you going with your fake girlfriend? Oh, um, it goes to a different school. Of course not. What? No. <laughs> what, do you, what? What fake girlfriend? I don't know what you're <laughs> the one you saw another David Lynch 4K restoration with. No, I, you no. met me at the music box and you saved the seat. You just put a coat in between us. <laughs> And she never showed up. And as the movie no, went on, <laughs> that didn't happen. Stop, I, stop. I, I realized it was just an excuse for you to not sit next to me. No, don't tell them about this. <laughs> oh, God, we recorded the Catching Fire episode for a while. Let's just get into this one. <laughs> Welcome to Stargazing. This is a podcast about movie stars. I'm Kel Kareens. I'm Wesley Clutch. This week. It's is that the theme? That's the X-Men 90s cartoon theme. Oh, I've never seen it. That is, oh, it's a, it's got it. It's the show isn't, I don't think the show is like very good, but that intro goes fucking hard. Uh, <laughs> it's also like, it seems like it's, I think the MCU is like, are, have you watched that? I don't have to ask. You know, the, are you aware of the Miss Marvel show? I'm aware of it. I've okay. heard it's like amazing. Yeah, it actually seems like, Though I might like it more than the other Disney Plus shows, but I don't fucking care at this point. They they lost me. But apparently, like the season finale came out like today, and like uh, they're saying she's a mutant. This Marvel, like they're introducing the concept into, of mutants into the MCU now. I saw that on Twitter. Mm. Uh, I mean, Fantastic Four movie supposed to come out next. They don't even have a director. That's not yeah. happening until like 2024, 25, maybe. I thought that was next year. No, that's that's kind of in limbo. Uh, they'll probably... Oh, wait. Oh, fuck. Her movie is The Marvels. That's coming out next year. So. Yeah. Because I doubt <laughs> they'll do something with mutants and Black Panther, Wakanda <laughs> Forever. Inexplicably, Hugh Jackman Wolverine shows up in Wakanda Forever. He's who replaces... <laughs> he Kevin goes Postman. he goes i got my vaccines bub chink <laughs> god damn god damn <laughs> i'm so i'm 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 honestly excited for it because i have no idea what it's going to be and yeah. like they're already fucking up the fucking did you see like have you been to a theater recently um yeah i was at i have i've been to a couple of theaters but i have not seen a wakanda forever poster but i know they're okay. out there yeah it's like it's just a black poster with that the logo in the middle it's so weird to me yeah it's so weird that it's so sad that that movie is probably going to be a disaster because i really like the people involved with it yeah i think the mcu like oh is in a very weird place right now, just in general. But like, it seems like, like maybe Ryan Coogler pulls it off, but it's, it seems like they're about to have like three movies in a row that are kind of a mess. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I, I loved, I, I don't know, not loved. I really liked Dr. Strange too, but that was kind of a mess. Of a it movie, was. You know? yeah. <laughs> For Love and Thunder have not seen, but by all accounts is kind of a mess. And then Wakanda forever is looking like a hot mess could be a hot mess potentially um and there's no real like 
yeah, you know, I just, <laughs> with all that in mind, and the fact that, like, they're churning out, like, fucking six movies and six TV shows a year now, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, with the TV shows and shit, like, phase four isn't even over, and it's already longer than the first three phases combined. Like, I saw this, like, statistic the other day. <laughs> I saw it, too. It looks yeah. fucking hilarious. Insane. I spent this whole movie just dreading the day the X-Men show up in the MCU. <laughs> So I'm like, they're gonna fuck it up. It's yeah, just, is. it's just funny because, well, it's just funny because, uh, like, it still feels like they haven't done anything. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing is set up. It feels like still. Yeah, and people are like, well, they're, they're, it's not about a big plot anymore. It's about focusing on the characters. And it's like, okay, well, it sucks when they're focusing on the characters. They could do it good. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I don't. It feels like. The multiverse is like what they're kind of building up to, but even then, it's like yeah, but I don't. They haven't done it cool still. <laughs> they no. still haven't done a good job with it. Yeah, multiverse of madness got fucking like spanked by dunked on by some little A twenty four movie that came out before. Yeah, yeah. like it, they're they're kind of spinning the wheels right now. It and it, like. it was just like fucking uncut gems. It was a phenomenon that like everyone was just like, cool, like, good for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the little movie they could, you know. I guess we'll be talking about kind of Marvel stuff in general with, today, but we're talking about X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, this is the sequel to both X-Men First Class and X-Men The Last Stand and kind of the Wolverine. Um, uh, it's... Um, it's kind of, in talking about, like, the X-Men comics, Days of Future Past is kind of the end-all, be-all of, like, X-Men storylines. Is it the it, best one, too? That's, uh, there's some debatable. Like, I... Um, oh, actually, shit. No, the, like, definitive X-Men storyline, it's by the same writer, Chris, uh, Chris Claremont, who I think I talked about in first class, who uh, he wrote Days of Future Past... And he also did the Dark Phoenix saga, which is where Jean Grey uh, gets possessed by this like cosmic entity and go- becomes a villain, which they've tried to do now twice and it's failed. So I think that's just a sort of a cursed storyline. Yeah. D- Days of Future Past is a sort of um, it tr- kind of a... <laughs> Like tying the knot or threading the needle, the needle of like this sort of rebooted young X Men with like the older like original X Men, uh, and it's also like you have this third. It's essentially like three different X Men things, new film series like colliding with each other because you have the original one with like Patrick Stewart and. Um, uh, oh, why am I blanking on his fucking name? Ian McKellen. And then you have the young X-Men with Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Charles McAvoy, James McAvoy. Wow. Michael Fassbender. And then you also have like Wolverine, who's kind of his own thing. Yeah. Just sort of like, I don't know, converging on each other. The, the universes and the timelines. Yeah. They really can't go more than like, there isn't a single X-Men movie that doesn't have Wolverine in it, I don't think. Maybe except Dark Phoenix. <laughs> it is... And uh, New Mutants. <laughs> oh, yeah, new, that's right, New Mutants. <laughs> Remember that movie? Yeah, we saw that. 
one thing I could could we talk about Wolverine actually? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Wolverine? Yeah, I fucking love Wolverine. How do you feel about Wolverine? Are you talking about the hero itself or the movie? Um, uh, the hero itself, but like we could talk about like X Men Origins Wolverine or the Wolverine or Logan. I thought I I've always liked him because his costume is great. Yeah, the yellow and the blue look insane to me. God, if someday I just want. If they can ever make that costume work in a movie, I would. Well, they didn't I, make Thor's helmet work. Uh, so. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I always liked it too because we talked about it already. I've, I always liked the X Men movies, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Wolverine was always such a cool badass character. He is. Th- there's just something about like. I don't know. I find really fascinating on like the comic level and it's especially bad in like the movies that like everybody just loves Wolverine. And it's like the X-Men movies sometimes feel like Wolverine and friends, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's Wolverine. He's the fucking, he's rad. (laughs) They know to like put him at the center. Of course. Yeah. Uh, The one thing, there's this really great um, article. I, I, it came out, um, I'm trying to find when, like a couple months ago. Uh, oh yeah, it was five. It, it was celebrating like the five year anniversary of Logan, mm-hmm. and it was just like a oral like, history, an oral history of the character of Wolverine, like from like his origins as like because Wolverine actually started as like a one off like Hulk villain, like he showed up and fought the Hulk in like okay. the Hulk series, and then, um, he's kind of uh like. A real quick like history of the X-Men is it like in the 70s there were they were kind of like has-beens, you know. Like the original lineup, which was Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, Iceman, and Angel, was they were kind of has-beens, like they hadn't had a new storyline in years. And so like they but it's so like it seemed like they're all but dead. But then in 1975, uh, I believe this is yeah, this is when Chris Claremont, who I think I talked about in first class, is kind of credited with like reinventing the X-Men, uh, shows up with a series called uh, Giant Size X-Men, which unfortunately does not refer to like the actual physical size of the X-Men. Uh, it's about the size of the book, I think. It's a longer comic. Um, although, hey, Disney, if you want to make a movie about like kaiju size x-men you know hit me up. that would be awesome yeah <laughs> um but like it completely like the old team like i think the story was the original x-men got captured only cyclops escapes professor x assembles an international team uh nightcrawler from germany colossus from russia storm from kenya uh apache from arizona Oh, not, not Apache. Oh, Thunderbird from an Apache reservation in Arizona. My bad. And then finally, from Canada, Wolverine. And uh, of course, it, it takes off. That's like, that's a, I, I forgot that was like the lineup. That's a cool team. Like, that's like all the cool X-Men. They all look badass. Yeah. But yeah, like Wolverine is a standout uh, from that era of x-men and you know eventually gets his own series and all roads you know ever since then like all roads have kind of led back to wolverine in terms of the x-men he's like this character that's a sort of he's like a supernova no or a black hole you know 
And uh, there's this quote I wanted to find from like one of the people who like wrote um, Wolverine. The guy who made, uh, this is Eric Leewald, who was a, the creator of the X-Men animated series. And he said, we made a point to have a balance with Wolverine. There's a Clint Eastwood man with no name kind of element to him, but that's just the surface. Um, when we killed Morph, who was like this character that died in the first episode of the series, we spent the most time with Wolverine because he's the most torn up and most vulnerable to it. It wasn't really intentional. We were just trying to tell the best stories we could, but he ended up being the one who was the best character to pour out that kind of emotion. And then another writer in the X-Men animated series uh, said, in a group like that, you want a guy who's out of control, a guy who can create conflict, especially when the leader is such a straight arrow like Cyclops. And Wolverine's in love with Cyclops' girlfriend, Jean. That's part of what makes Wolverine interesting. He's the guy who maybe shouldn't be in a group. Is the show good? I don't know. I, I remember seeing it a bit as a kid. Like, it's kind of a beloved animated series from that era. And I think they're, like, bringing it back for Disney+. Plus. Like, they're doing, a, like, a reboot of it. Hmm. Um, yeah, that sounds great. Especially, like, with Logan, the movie Logan. Yes in mind mm-hmm. um with all the wolverine movies now that i think about it like x-men yeah. origins yeah uh and um the the wolverine which mm-hmm. is so good i fucking oh. love that movie yeah that's it that movie cut that movie's kind of rad <laughs> yeah. oh actually, okay here's the actual quote like that like i was thinking about in terms of like what is the appeal of wolverine because of course you know it's like the very classic like rogue type character like kind of like like Han Solo almost where like on the surface he's this cool badass who doesn't give a fuck about anybody but deep down like he he cares the most you know he's like he's a he's a big softy deep down I can't find his name just this quote but like um someone said about Wolverine a writer a comic writer said he's very protective and I think that's what's the and I think that's the biggest part of his appeal especially the children Wolverine is the fantasy of the extremely loyal friend that doesn't exist in the real world. As soon as a kid enters kindergarten, they learn that portrayal is just around the corner at any given point. So the loyalty fantasy is really strong in kids and Wolverine speaks to that. Wolverine would never let you down. Holy shit. (laughs) And also this uh, Chris Claremont, uh, I think, um, has like sums it up kind of best is like there's a certain seduction when it comes to Wolverine in some ways he's truly horrible and some of his teammates know just how horrible he is but he's their friend and they're fighting for him the same way he fights for them he's horrible yet there's something about him that is vulnerable something maybe even redeemable all right I have a question yeah is there like um Wolverine comics just like Wolverine oh yeah like he uh, got his own series um, kind of famously there's one from the 80s um, it's like co-written by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller who's like you know kind of a famous like we talked about Batman you know mm-hmm. I think it's called Wolverine it's like a mini series that the, it's the mini series that the Wolverine is based off of where Wolverine travels in Japan and gets tangled up with the Yakuza you know mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the um, in the in the you said this came on in the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> I have, remind me someday, I think that I sent you the, it, it has like a pretty great first page. Cause like the first page is this like super detailed, like full page drawing of like Wolverine's face, like mid snarl. 
he has like this insane hairdo. Like in the comics, his hair is insane. And like, yeah, I I, I know how it's like blue, crazy long hair. Yeah, and like the opening line is like his narration, and it's like I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do isn't very nice. Let me. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to send me this. Yeah, I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Okay. Um, yeah, I desperately, desperately want to get into comics. Um, yeah, if you could, I yeah, just that, that, that realize that I have issue the issue two of preacher in my trunk of my car did you give me that Is yes that i did yeah i need to read that i need yeah. to read that <laughs> i want to reread it so whenever you're done i'd like you know uh, oh i love this yeah um you can't go wrong i i, I think i'm gonna get like one of those marvel unlimited subscriptions because i really want to read like all of this like you know era of x-men um but i think like which is a part of what I think, like, I, I realize like, is kind of the core, uh, what makes this movie so interesting to me as someone who loves the X-Men, is that like Wolverine has to be in like the steady mentor role in this movie. Because Charles Xavier, young Charles, is like the one who's like all fucked up. Yeah. And like Wolverine is like, you know, the, as he says in the movie, he's like the last fucking guy that should and be sent He's to the this. oldest one. Yeah. There. <laughs> And of course, like, you know, Wolverine's great. And like Hugh Jackman's performance of, you know, portrayal of him is like iconic. A walk in the park. (laughs) Yeah. People like, I I think RDJ is pretty great as Iron Man, but whenever people put him on the same level as Hugh Jackman, I always feel like, no, come on, man. Like, (laughs) Endgame is no Logan. Let's get that straight. No, I think you're, I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, I feel like uh, even then, like the Tony Stark character is kind of an easy character to do, especially the way Robert Downey Jr. ended up doing it at the end, <laughs> towards the end, <laughs> the way that that character got. Yeah, I mean, the, the Tony Stark death, it, it does feel a lot like him wanting to have his Logan moment, you know? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it? Uh, Which I just watched Logan the other day. I rewatched Oh, it. Yeah hold up not as good as i remember but it's great yeah it's still a great movie still a great movie but i remember last time watching it thinking like oh my god this is a masterpiece (laughs) i don't think he was nominated but wasn't patrick stewart nominated for that movie really i could be wrong i think he got a best supporting nomination shit that'd be crazy because he's really good in that he's great in it he's funny as fuck (laughs) (laughs) okay i was wrong it was just um it was only nominated for adapted screenplay. Um, it should have been nominated for like score. The score is incredible. Oh, yeah. It does have a great score, man. The X-Men timeline is kind of a mess just in general, but this movie does feel like a bit of an attempt to like clean it up a little. Like it retcons most of the third movie. Like it brings Xavier, Jean Grey, and Cyclops back to life at the end of it. Um but then they come out with a couple more movies to kind of fuck everything up again. Yeah. Apoc- I haven't seen Apocalypse. I think I'm going to watch it just to conclude yeah. it. Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, there's Apocalypse and then Dark Phoenix. I've seen Dark Phoenix. Oh, you have. And right, I remember right. kind of liking it. So <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch it again, too. I've, I've actually, I've seen uh, the Quicksilver scene of Apocalypse. Because they 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 try they do it again, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can't remember if they do in Dark Phoenix though. I don't know if I heard about I, it's, it. It's watching watching Days of Future Past right now, rewatching it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you can't like, all right. All right. I like the movie. Uh-huh. Um, I don't again, I don't like it as much as I remembered liking it. But mm-hmm. um I was just like, you can't fuck. It's so well crafted. That scene is so good. It's like to me, I was like, damn, like of course, of course I'm gonna love it if you put it in the middle of this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> like it uh, got me so excited. It got me so, that scene is great. Every time yeah. I see it on YouTube, I watch it. It's so and it's also like just from a a special effects standpoint, like I don't I can't wrap my head around doing a scene like that without I just doing it all, thing. all in CGI, you know? Yeah. The slow motion work, just so like when he like runs through the hallway and it blows them all back. Yeah. Oh, the so part, good. The part I always love is like when he like pokes the dude's cheek and there's like this ripple, you know, mm-hmm. that's crazy. But okay, yeah, I guess because uh, we talked about Wolverine for I talked about Wolverine for a bit. Like, what what are your thoughts on this movie? Because like I don't know if you you gave it like what three stars or three and a half, right? Like, I think I gave it three and a half. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I've uh, I just kind of was bored a little bit in the movie. That's about mm-hmm. it. Like I did, there was some parts where I just couldn't keep my focus on the fucking mm-hmm. screen the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like these characters are so beloved to me just because again I w- grew up watching the other X Men, <laughs> the <laughs> one with Patrick Stewart and and Jean Grey in it, and uh, so I love seeing those characters and just like remembering them. Uh, and of course it's in the seventies. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, all the like shots of the super eight from the civilians perspective. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Uh, my favorite part of the movie is fucking mystique is Raven is Jennifer Lawrence. She's it's such a cool character. It's such a fucking, cool you really character. like, you, you like mystique in this movie. You like J law. I always like mystique. I think, I think it's just like, it's, it's so I, cool thinking that there's a character that turns like that so much. <laughs> I yeah, they do kind of. I I, re- I liked her a lot more in this movie than in the first one, I think. Mm-hmm. And I like because I feel like I could be wrong, but like Mystique is kind of a character that like plays both sides, you know. Like mm-hmm. you don't know if you can trust her, but you can take comfort in knowing that the enemy doesn't trust her either, right? Like. And I thought that they kind of twist. This is uh, what I got from her in this movie is like she's kind of caught in this conflict between like these two men, you know, between Xavier and uh, Magneto. And she kind of realizes they're both using her a little bit. She doesn't talk for herself ever either. No. Like she's not. Jennifer Lawrence is in it and. I think she's good and we see her a lot, but she doesn't even speak. Like no, no. <laughs> she, um, again, she's kind of barely in it, but like I feel at least. I agree. No, I agree. She's barely in it. But she's like huge on the poster. Yeah. I mean, I the character herself is very important for what they're literally doing. Mm-hmm. They're there to stop her. She is the the plot moving device. <laughs> <laughs> And she's not in it. She doesn't speak. I don't. And she's good. I like her. I like her character. I like Jennifer Lawrence. 
in it. I don't know. It's Hollywood. <laughs> you said like, you had some uh, background, though. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll pull that up real quick because, uh, like, I feel like in talking about, like, the X-Men movies, like, Days of Future Past was always, like, kind of, like, dangling in the air, you know, as, like, a potential movie. Mm-hmm. Just because it is, like, the iconic, one of the iconic, like, X storylines. Like, as far back as 2006, the the producer was like, I really want to do Days of Future Past. But, you know, um, like, X-Men The Last Stand kind of drove a fucking train <laughs> through, like, the continuity, like, killed half the cast. Um, and then in March 2011, after the... Um, success of first class um it was like kind of back in talks matthew vaughn was originally supposed to return to direct with uh brian singer as pro- producing me I, I i'm trying to find i read something i'm trying to find like where i oh okay yeah in 2012 vaughn left to focus on kingsman and apparently Interesting. Yeah, apparently he wanted like a different sequel to First Class. He didn't want to go straight into Disney Future Pass. He wanted to do uh, a movie with like a different director. I think he would have produced with a young Wolverine, possibly played by the name he tossed out was Tom Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) And then doing Days of Future Pass. That's uh, ballsy of him. Yeah. After, but. Oh, it's just a mess of fucking names, you know? Um, but Brian Singer, who directed X1 and 2, uh, comes back. And it feels like, at the time, it feels like kind of an appropriate, like, oh, the gang's all back together. Like, we got Patrick Stewart back. We got Ian McKellen back. Hugh Jackman's back. Brian Singer's back. And and it's a fucking cool-ass story. Like, yeah. who doesn't like time travel shit? <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it's also cool in that like you get to like have you know patrick stewart and james mcavoy as professor x in the same movie no i remember like at this was like at least i remember from my perspective this being like a big deal at the time it came out just because it was like a real like mega storyline yeah it was this huge storyline it was like all like (laughs) it's kind of like i mean it doesn't feel special now because every like big superhero movie is like, here's all these characters, you know, and love. But like, yeah. I feel like at the time it was still kind of spe- like neat to have like, Ooh, okay. We have all, all the, these characters are back, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like a uh, fucking uh, no way home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck. Let me pull up my notes for this movie. The, the thing uh, I'll say like that I love, I love about this movie because I, I, it wasn't as good as I remembered it. I'll say I haven't seen it since middle yeah, school, but too. the thing, the parts of it that I loved, I think are encapsulated in that scene, which is my favorite scene in pretty much any X-Men movie ever where the two Xavier's talk to each other. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. This looks like a fucking movie at, points occasionally it does yeah like there's some parts that look cheap but like the 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 future shit all looks pretty cool i think it certainly looks like it was filmed on an actual set 
you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree <laughs> with that. I was totally looking at all of that. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Thor kind of broke me. <laughs> it did? Yes. Oh, I, man. I, like, came out of it, like, I was like, fuck, are, is the is industry fucked? Are we doomed? <laughs> That's why I kind of sucked, like, waking up in the morning and, like, all right, I'm going to watch Days of Future Past now. I need a palate cleanser. I'm glad I'm seeing Lost Highway. There you go. <laughs> I can't imagine this movie not going over as well if you're just like, if that's the, the context, if that's the vibe, you know. But like, I love the idea of, I don't know. I just think there's something really compelling about like that moment of like being able to receive like wisdom from yourself in the future. Or like the other side of it is like, being able to talk to yourself knowing what you know now you know i think and it also just like kind of like represents as a whole what i love about like the x-men stories in general because like the x-men like are always like more than anything they're about like fights for ideology (laughs) in a way like you know the avengers are like fight you know they're like the avengers they'll save the world they're like beat up like aliens but like a lot of the times they're fighting about like what the future should look like you know are you talking about the x-men yeah 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 yeah. they're fighting for um ideas you know yeah humanity like they're actually well i guess uh fuck not humankind but existence yeah no or (laughs) fair existence fair yeah like a good existence Mm -hmm. a civil existence yeah like the mutants have always been like deeply political and like allegorical you know in terms yeah like oh my it's it's i hope yeah i hope you're prepared for just like insufferable discourse whenever they get added to the mcu of just people going but political you know like i don't know this movie is about like there are scenes especially because it's in the 70s i wish i wrote down some of the like quotes but there are some things that peter dinklage's character says that like kind of sounds like he the way like fucking nixon would talk about like black and hispanic neighborhoods you know like i mean it's certainly presented that way too mm -hmm. which i think is good like that's a good thing to do. Yeah. The the scene I always think about like in terms of like the X-Men as an allegory is like have you seen X-Men 2 recently? Like at all? Not recently. No. <laughs> I haven't either, but there's a scene I remember so clearly. It's with um Iceman, you know. Uh Bobby, I think is his name. Also one of my favorites. Love love to see Iceman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um where like they're visiting his home. Like they're the at Wolverine, Iceman, and uh, Rogue are kind of on the run, and they're like hiding out in Iceman's like childhood home, and his parents are talking talking to him, and they're like dancing around the word mutant, and he's like, "Mom, Dad, I'm a mutant. You know, this is who I am." And like, there's a a line where his mom like literally goes like, "Well, have you ever tried to not be a mutant?" You know? That's good. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> like. All of a sudden, you know, not subtle at all, but like. And that's the early 2000s. Yeah. And like the X-Men have always been a good like placeholder allegory for like oppressed groups. Like 
I, I don't know if this is like out of place, but I feel like I remember the kids in Logan and like the people hunting the Munes in Logan kind of being like flavored like ice officers, you know, like ice officers. Yeah, yeah I mean they're literally yeah they're they're literally crossing planting. a border, aren't they? Yeah, and they're planting, um, fuck, they're planting the 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 mutation cells into like migrant kids. Yeah. And they're like, they're in prison cells. <laughs> yeah. It looks like the fucking, uh, the, the detention centers, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. again, not subtle at all. Like the X-Men have, the X-Men have never been about subtlety. And they're trying to get to the safe haven in Canada. Yeah. I mean, the climax of the movie is little kid, non-white children trying to cross a border as they're being chased by, like, men in, like, tactical gear, you know? Point being, it's going to be so annoying when people try, try to get mad over the X-Men, like, having a political... Whatever political message Disney will allow them to have, you know? I hope they, they do allow them to have anything. <laughs> I can't... I, it's, it just feels like such an important part of who they are that it would it feel so hollow if that wasn't a part of it. I guess... Um, one complaint I do have is I wish it was more 70s. Like I wish it was grimier. Uh, they're in Washington, D.C. That's my, mm. that's my uh, take. That's fair. It's, or, what, ni- it's 1973. They're uh, not, uh, not as crazy yet. No. <laughs> they still got... Uh, is it 1973? I could have sworn... Oh, I guess that's when Vietnam ended. Yeah. The aesthetic I might be thinking of, it might be even like later 60s or earlier 70s because like Nixon's still in charge, like Reagan's going to take over soon, you know? Uh, it's still uh, it's still really fucking cool though, I think, that last scene when the like robots are out, uh, yeah. like in the, in the lawn of the White House. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, yeah, it's so, <laughs> it is objectively cool when Magneto picks up a stadium and uses it to trap the president. Yeah. Like all the all the props of props. Props to the fucking like set designers and the mm-hmm. wardrobe people. I think yeah. the cost I mean the costuming for most Marvel things is good usually. I I'll admit that. I think I usually mm-hmm. like like all of it. Yeah. Um and then this one the sets are great. I, Fuck, I, Wolverine I, looks so badass in this movie. God, right? <laughs> With the shades, he puts them on every time he steps um, outside. Yeah, the like the big belt buckle, the like black bun up. Yeah, the the gray hair on the future on the future one. Oh my gosh, iconic! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so great fits all around. I feel like I I'm a yeah. big fan of Magneto's like duster and like fedora look. You know, <laughs> when he has the two, when he has the like um, what's it called, fashigi balls <laughs> that he's like killing people with. Yeah. Also, um, I was a little like I had forgotten because like the and first I didn't like the look of the sentinels, you know, and like the future stuff. I thought they looked too like uh too godly. Yeah, too busy looking, I guess, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah. But like here, I'll send you a picture of like their design in the original comics, but like I feel like in the past, like the way they look is really great. Like I love that design of them. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too oh wow that looks fucking great <laughs> i hope yeah if there's one thing that i am like grateful for, of 
for the MCU for is it like I feel like they've slowly like made everybody okay with like slightly goofier costumes you know because you compare like I mean the the costumes of like uh x-men like apocalypse or dark phoenix to like in the the first movie when they're all in like leather biker outfits i like i like those outfits too (laughs) yeah you're matrix pill that's oh fuck shut up uh (laughs) give us the wolverine costume like the yellow and blue yeah it's so fuck there's a deleted scene from the wolverine where they tease it oh fuck you oh my god I'm searching this up. Yeah, it actually looks pretty cool. Like, I just, it's, you, it's like, yeah, the, it's got the helmet and the gloves, you know, and it. Oh, oh <laughs> man, that looks so good. Yeah, it's so fucked up to tease that. And then, like, of course, he's not going to wear it in Logan, you know, but come on. <laughs> got- he is going to look insane in that costume, though. <laughs> If they ever, I think Hugh Jackman's expressed like he'd be open to coming back, but I don't. Really? That's surprising. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like Logan being his like swan song. Goodbye. Yeah, like it would be shitty if like I don't know. Like well, if, I would. I honestly no. I don't want him to come back. I don't want to see him in the MCU. No, God, no, me either. Get someone, whoever they cast as the new Wolverine. He needs to be a short king. That's the one thing Hugh Jackman has working against him, is that he's too tall. Working. Fuck. Josh Hosher. <laughs> How tall? I, I, I always forget. Wolverine. Five. Six. Oh, I thought you were talking about Josh Hutcherson. Yeah, the, the official records of Marvel Comics state Wolverine's height to be five foot three. What the fuck? He's a shirking. So is he actually that cool in the comics? Yeah, he is cool, but that like he's such. <laughs> I'm looking at this. This that is... makes the Jean Grey love triangle even better. <laughs> yeah, that Cyclops is like six four or whatever. Oh my god! I just this is. Please let me save this fucking picture. Please, I have to show you. I'm making it my background. You know what? I'll just text it to you. There's this picture of Wolverine standing next to Cyclops, and they're both watching Jean Grey go. And like, <laughs> there has to be something going on with the perspective of it, because that that can't be <laughs> right. You know, it's one name I keep seeing people throw out that they want to be Wolverine. Hmm. Taron Egerton. Ooh, oh yeah, I fucking saw the headline. He there was like an interview where he said that he, he like talked to someone at Marvel and just like kept his mouth shut. Yeah, I don't know. I I think he, I I. I think he's just too pretty. Like I have a hard time seeing it as is, you know. So I could I could put them like some mutton chops on him. I could definitely some mutton chops, some shades. Yeah. Uh well he's unfortunately five nine, so he's way too tall. Okay. That's <laughs> they could chop off some of his legs. Do the do a reverse Tom Cruise, have everybody else stand on. <laughs> apple crates and he's just oh shit i forgot fucking uh elliot pages in this movie i mean he does whatever he does yeah yeah i like elliot Page it feels a lot. so weird they... seeing all them together again like you said but like yeah. especially because you don't really see them for very long it's just for a little hey guys yeah. hi just a little hello quick hello yeah it does feel like a little like sad to look back 
and like oh the gang's all here all back together but like this is the last time they're gonna be together like i i don't know like i can't remember if like logan canonically happens after this movie you know I don't know. I don't have a. I, I don't have a whole lot to say about this. Uh, movie I, besides I like it. All right, you want to wrap up? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, next time on J Law and Order, we barely talked about J Law's. Not really. When it comes to X Men, we're barely going to talk about J Law because she's just kind of there. But next week, I believe is oh shit, mocking J Part One and Two. <laughs> We're already there. Yeah, we got two movies to watch. Fuck. Yeah. And yeah, uh, we'll wrap up as we always do with our recommendations. This can be anything, movie, book, TV show, video game, song, album, park, painting, poem, anything that, oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Before the recommendations, Moises, can I request something? I, I think I know what you're going to request, but yeah, what is it? Your new segment. Can we do that for this? Yeah, movie? <laughs> yeah sure. <laughs> Dream blunt rotation. Yeah. Uh, you got to choose three. Okay. People, I can answer if you want me to. Yeah, you. If you have your answer, go for it. I would just pick um uh Professor X, and Order. then Order Professor young. X again. <laughs> uh, so two, I would get James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart, uh, and then I would get um. Uh, Peter Dinklage, I would get Trask. So we would discuss the political <laughs> ideologies and states of the world. Let's, let's, let's hash we it out. Would, <laughs> we, we would be sharing a blunt. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I, first and foremost, I got to go with Wolverine. Okay. Yeah. Gotta, um, although I feel like he would not be very generous, you know. I feel like he would take some pretty big hits. Yeah, he wouldn't. He just doesn't know the rule of puff, puff, pass. He never heard of it. Yeah. He, like, does two puffs, and he kind of, like, winces. Like, he's lost in thought for a little bit, thinking about his long <laughs> life. And then he takes another puff, and you're like, hey, Logan, you got to pass it. <laughs> and he just scowls at you. And you're like, okay, fine. Fuck. Although it's harder for him because, like, his lungs repair so fast or whatever. It's hard for him to get high. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I think Wolverine's an alcoholic. It's not true. They fucking address this in an issue uh, 420. <laughs> yeah, brother. Okay, so Wolverine, uh, Quicksilver. And oh, then, I forgot about Quicksilver. And then uh, Young Magneto. Why Why Young Magneto? I don't know. I just think he's cool. He's just I, cool. Th- okay. That guy, need, guy kind of needs to chill the fuck out, I think. I think it'd be good for him. He would change his mind. <laughs> it's like... Like we were talking about in first class, like Magneto was right, but in this one, like Magneto's a little intense. Like Magneto's yeah, kind of like, like he's right still, but he's like doing too much. Hold, he's like slow down, buddy. He's like, yes, Charles, we have a common enemy. Let's work together. And then he gets to Mystique, and he's like, oh, I just got to ice Mystique now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just like. I, I would just want to smoke with Magneto. I wouldn't want to like work with him because it, I I know I'm a pawn in his game. Like I don't want to be that. I'll stay out of that. <laughs> okay, so now we'll wrap up as we always do with the uh, recommendations. It could be anything: movie, book, TV show, video game, podcast, song, album, park, band, poem, anything that Moises and I are enjoying and want to recommend to you. Uh, you got one you want to do real? Real quick, or 
you can you can go ahead yeah uh i guess on a vacation i uh kind of on a whim i picked up a book to read while at the beach and i really dug it and i was surprised i've never read it before uh stephen king's carry uh which i feel like i've always been kind of aware of but i realized that i've like never actually seen and i've also never actually read yeah so uh i'm very excited like i don't know i i feel like like I looked at the at uh, the Brian De Palma movie on Letterboxd, and it's like a ton of five star ratings, and I didn't know like it was that well liked. Please tell me you're gonna watch the Chloe Grace Moretz one, and I'll probably watch that one too for like a completionist run. Who who's the mom in that one? Is that I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Julianne Moore. Oh my god, maybe I have to watch. It. <laughs> Let's see, Carrie Twenty. Yeah, it's Julianne Moore as uh, Margaret White. Uh, oh, and Cancel Elgort's in that one. He's uh, Tommy Ross. He takes her to the prom. Cancel Elgort. That's so good. <laughs> I can't take the credit for it, but I do love it, you know. Did you see the Brian De Palma movie? Because I feel like you've told me about it before. I haven't. I haven't. Okay. Oh, was it maybe... Um, I might be thinking of us talking about Sissy Spacek in um, Badlands. Badlands? Yeah, yeah, that's probably when. Because I think I just went on a little uh, rabbit hole of Sissy Spacek. Yeah, uh, when we oh. watch that, <laughs> God, her eyes in that and Carrie. Like, yeah. I, I haven't even seen that movie, but it's like it's terrifying. <laughs> now you have two movies to watch. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll do a Carrie double feature later. There's also um, it's this is kind of only tangentially related, but um, there's like a Carrie musical. Oh for, yeah, which is kind of. In, in the 80s, it came out in the 80s and it was like, it's like a notorious flop. Like it closed after like maybe like a week's worth of performances. Oh, it was like damn. horrible flop. But they kind of like retooled it a little bit like a couple years ago, like gave it more of a pop punk feel while the 80s one was very synth heavy, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I just know about it because um, my past and future guest, Rachel, like was a uh, worked on it couple months ago and like she sent us a video of like they had like rigs set up to like toss people around for the prom scene oh fuck i hope that in the the musical they fucking actually pour some some blood on her i was curious so i looked up video and they do to varying degrees of success based on the production (laughs) which to their credit that's a hard thing to pull off like live i feel because like it's always like it's either not enough blood because well, th- that's a fucking mess to clean up every night. You know, they're probably trying to like use as little as they possibly can or like it just hits the back of her head and it like kind of goes down the back. So it's not really covering her face. Yeah. Like I don't envy the fucking tech people that have to like <laughs> just like eyeball the, the bucket of blood every night. You know. Anyway, that's mine. Carrie books pretty good. It's like his first book, I think. Um, I am recommending a podcast. It's called The Danny Brown Show. It's uh the most popular underground rapper. That's what I, that's how I label him. Uh Danny Brown. It's literally just like it's literally just him. And it's kind of just like a talk show almost. Um I don't know. I've been listening to a shit ton of podcasts at work and I like this one. And they come oh, yeah. out every week. So you got your, you started your new job, right? How's that yeah. going? Yeah. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. But 
uh, I'm I'm living. There you go. Danny Brown show. It definitely nice. doesn't need any promotion, but okay. <laughs> might as well. Neither does fucking carry, but yeah, I think that'll do it for us this week. And uh, follow us at stargazing underscore podcast. And this week's uh, Jennifer Lawrence fact is that um, Jennifer Lawrence is actually uh, pretty good at parallel parking. You know, as far as skills go, that's not one that comes up in the talk show interviews a lot, but she's like, even when it's like just barely enough space for her car, she can do it, you know. I'm telling means. Oh no, did Moises freeze? He just left. <laughs> All right. Uh, Moises just left the call. So we will see you uh, next week with Mocking Jay Part 1. And-